I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with privacy and security expert Kate Borton, founder of consulting firm The Marblehead Group. Kate is one of our expert panelists this week at the upcoming inaugural Healthcare Information Security Summit in Boston. Kate will be discussing important tips at the summit for preparing for upcoming random HIPAA compliance audits by the Department of Health and Human Services. But today, Kate is kind enough to be speaking with me a bit about another topic that she'll be discussing at the summit, data protection strategies for healthcare providers and business associates. Hi, Kate. Hi, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today and also later this week at the summit where you'll be covering the topic of data protection strategies more in depth. But for starters, what are the most important data protection measures that are still most commonly overlooked by healthcare providers? Well, I'm not sure that there's a single perfect or right answer to that. I think there's a tendency for organizations who feel that they're kind of under pressure on the hot seat to simply look too narrowly. For example, just look at technology. And in fact, data protection or anybody who's involved with an information security program understands that there are a gazillion strategies, controls, safeguards, whatever you want to call them, to protect data. There is nowhere near a single silver bullet. So there are certainly things that every organization, I think, uh, in the country could probably be doing better in terms of data protection. I would just caution, don't focus solely on the technology. And given that this is HIPAA, don't overlook physical security, as some organizations uh, tend to do, perhaps. And the administrative, you know, if you think about the HIPAA security rule, the vast majority of the, the required controls are under what are called administrative controls. A lot of process. That doesn't mean just a written policy or a written procedure, but all sorts of evidence that you're really following those policies with lots of processes that are in place. Now, when some of these measures do get overlooked, why is that the case? Is it a lack of resources? Is it a lack of understanding of what needs to be done? What are the mistakes that get made? I think you're right on both counts. For many healthcare provider organizations, there is really a lack of resources and uh, internal security expertise. I am sometimes dismayed to think that this far down the road, after all, HIPAA was passed in 1996, and in fact, the proposed security rule came out, I believe, in 1998, and we are still struggling, and again, especially in provider organizations as opposed to the health plans or payers, that I think are resourced a little differently and have different security issues to deal with. But on the provider side, for all but the biggest organizations, I think we're still really weak in terms of internal expertise in the field of information security as well as resources, bodies, hours in the day. It's still far too common to see a CIO or a network systems person being dubbed the security officer with a little specific background in information security and already maxed out time-wise. I, I encounter this very, very often, and it's very frustrating for the people in that 
positioned because they know there's so much more they should be doing and they just can't get to it. There just aren't enough hours in the day. Now, how about business associates who are directly liable for HIPAA compliance? When it comes to data protection, are they generally doing a better or a worse job than covered entities and why? Well, I think it's important to understand who's a business associate. There is a huge array, a very big spectrum of organizations and even individuals who are now deemed business associates and must comply fully with the security rule and to applicable parts of the privacy and breach notification rules. So from the early days of HIPAA, we've known that small mom-and-pop transcription organizations or billing organizations, those small organizations that have had a long history of supporting provider organizations tend to be pretty weak when it comes to security and privacy controls. They don't have any internal security expertise. They often don't even have internal IT experience, and those are often really problematic. At the other end of the spectrum, we now have, uh, since the 2013 omnibus rule, we have huge companies like Microsoft and Amazon who are business associates and Although their security practices are pretty well screened from our view, we have to assume, or I'd like to assume, that they certainly have the money and the business incentive to do an excellent job of security. So I keep my fingers crossed when I say that, but I'd like to think that many of the larger organizations that are business associates are actually doing probably a better job than many or most of the healthcare organizations. And then there are all sorts of organizations in between. So I think in terms of compliance, good security, when it comes to business associates, it's all over the map, from really, really poor to probably excellent. So Kate, with that said, because it is sort of all over the map, what essential data protection measures should covered entities demand from their business associates that are often overlooked but should be part of the business associate agreement, for instance? Well, this has been a tough one from from the early days of HIPAA. Many healthcare organizations, again, provider organizations especially, are fairly small and struggling simply to get their own house in order. And so having a a degree of oversight of their business associates is actually kind of a stretch. I do know that larger covered entities, many health plans, do routinely audit their business associates. But again, it's, it's quite a different business model, I think, in the health plan or payer world versus the provider world. I think that one of the problems that I see is that covered entities and business associates sometimes fall short in terms of having a good control over even knowing who their business associates are. So this got tightened up a bit in some organizations with the omnibus rule, but still it's critical, absolutely essentially critical, not just for compliance but for security and privacy of the information that you're working with, 
that organizations have a really tight control, that they've got a single um, database or spreadsheet where every one of their business associates is listed. They know that an up-to-date contract is signed. They know who the contact people are, not just the person who signed it, who hopefully is someone with um, the authority, such as the CEO, but who's the privacy officer, who's the security officer, who would you talk to if you had a question about about privacy and security at the organization. And business associates, too, need to keep track of their downstream subcontractor business associates as well as their upstream covered entities or perhaps other business associates. So that whole chain, if there's a broken link, there's no way that, that we're going to be compliant and we lose protection. So I think it's really important, first, to make sure that each organization understands what is a business associate and get them all consolidated and assign somebody or some office to keep that spreadsheet up to date and to maintain contact with your downstream BAs. Depending on the size of the organization and your own internal resources, you if you're really small, you're probably not going to do much more than make sure they sign the BA contract. And in most cases, it is a legal contract. I like to stress that with my clients. Agreement is really soft, and it only applies among certain government entities. In most cases, this is a legal contract. That is, uh, HHS makes it very clear, and I, I like to stress that, that it is a legal contract. It's legally binding. So if you have more resources, if you can, I strongly urge some oversight, such as talking with whoever is assigned the, the privacy and security roles, talking with them, trying to assess, first of all, does this person even know what they're talking about? How familiar are they with these HIPAA regulations, as well as state regulations, I should say, since almost every state now has data protection laws and regulations. So how well do they understand this? And sometimes you can tell just through a conversation. And then perhaps asking to see certain policies and procedures, asking to see, let's look at your training content. Some covered entities or upstream BAs might even say, you know what, I am happy to share our uh, training uh, content with you if you feel that your downstream uh, partner, your business uh, associate needs help. You might want to share policies. You might want to share training or other resources if you can. So there's a lot to look at, and I think the bottom line there, too, is uh, making sure they fully understand responsibilities in terms of identifying security and privacy incidents and reporting them to you, and this is what you should put in the BA contract that is not a HIPAA requirement, very promptly, usually within, let's say, a couple of business days at most. And then you get involved in understanding, does this rise to the level of a violation? If so, does it rise to the level of a breach? Uh, don't just leave that up to your downstream BAs. Covered entities ultimately are responsible and need to be involved in that. On a slightly different topic, in light of all the hacker attacks that we've been seeing in the healthcare sector these days, but also the most recent incident involving the Office of Personnel Management, is there anything new or supplemental in terms of technologies or best practices that you think covered entities and business associates should be considering to either adopt or bolster if they're not already doing that? Well, I do think that some of this goes back to technology, and in fact, I 
believe that's in part how this latest breach was discovered with an upgrade in technology. Of course, along with technology, don't forget that there has to be a human being who, you know, who's involved at some level. It isn't good enough to simply put in products that monitor and report traffic if nobody is paying attention to the logs or the, the alerts that come through. So that should be pretty obvious. The other side of things is phishing attacks and, and spear phishing attacks that seem, sometimes it's a little difficult to tell in the news that we hear, but at least in part, it seems as though some of these big breaches have been related to phishing attacks. And I think more and more uh, healthcare organizations and business associates are picking up on that and doing more workforce training. So you can simulate a phishing attack within your own organization and assess how your workforce responds to that and then do further training and reassess and so on. We really should not be seeing phishing, successful phishing attacks within our organizations. Uh, people need to be made more aware of what this is, what it does, what can happen, what the, the downfalls are. Thanks, Kate. I've been speaking to Kate Wharton, founder of the Marblehead Group. Again, Kate will be speaking more about important data security issues this week at the Healthcare Information Security Summit in Boston. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.